Hello, my name is Eric Kulik, and I've been cross-dressing to religious meeting houses of all sorts while standing for the marginalized and underrepresented and advocating for critical thought. I started cross-dressing to services on MLK Weekend 2013 because of some death threats received by Mormon women who had started an event called Wear Pants to Church Day the month before. As a result of my cross-dress visits, I was assaulted by Mormons and banned from all LDS church property and was excommunicated from the church while sitting in jail for trespassing and interfering with police charges, which were dropped by the DA after I released the audio recording that I made before getting assaulted and arrested. A googling of cross-dressing Mormon will produce the audio from that day. My Mormon wife abducted the kids as a result of this excommunication experience, and her Mormon lawyer helped her by telling her she was free to leave, even though the judge had already reopened the case to set aside the divorce. I'm currently embroiled in a legal battle for custody of the children as a result. I've decided to release the audio from all my visits to religious communities one by one in order to expose these common practices by the church and its members and to share my other experiences as I continue to do traveling ministerial work from one religious community to the next. Fortunately, most of the religious communities I've visited have been rather nice, so hopefully these visits will produce positive results as I continue to advocate for critical thought regarding all forms of dogma, especially political. I have set up a donation button at http colon forward slash forward slash e m as in michael k u l i c k dot wordpress dot com forward slash about and would greatly appreciate any support as I continue to cross-dress the churches and advocate for equal treatment of all under the law. The following is a recording of my first visit with the Evangelical Covenant Church community, which is a Swedish branch of Lutheranism. At the beginning of the sermon, the pastor told the congregation that her son recently asked her what she meant when she said in a previous sermon that there is no hope for the dead. She proceeded to explain to the congregation that Jesus gives eternal life, and that without that eternal life there would be no hope for those who die. She went on to explain that Paul was encouraging the believers in Ephesus to strive to continue growing this hope through better knowing Jesus. After a musical interlude, the pastor gave communion to the congregation, and following some more music, she shared a Mother's Day message before ending the service. There were nachos served, and I was able to speak with the pastor and some of the congregants for quite some time afterward. I shared my experiences and got pretty heavy into the issues I have with the way many religious groups treat things like belief. This was certainly one of the most thoughtful communities I've visited thus far, and I am excited to visit with them in the future. Hello. How's it going? Hey guys. Thanks. You're welcome. Nice to you. Mike. Eric. Eric, yeah, nice, nice to meet you. you. Here for church or? Sure, yeah. Yeah? You've been wondering. here before? Never have. No. Really? Yeah. I know it's a branch of like the Reformation that yeah. comes from the Swedish yeah. uh, 
Where do you hear all that from? Just the internet. Good job. Yeah, I just like to do a little bit. I don't. I haven't, I haven't really done too much digging, but I, yeah. I've been going to as many different churches as I can. Yeah. Uh, and the Lutherans. I haven't gone yet to the Lutherans or the Presbyterians. Right, I mean, it was at, it was oh, that's right. Yeah, Lutheran it's from church. that. Okay, yeah. So this right. is from so Lutherans, and then this was a branch off of yeah, Lutherans. And this or? is uh, the, hey, Leanne. This is our uh, senior pastor, Leanne oh. McClellan. No, I'm just kidding. Hello. Just, I'm not, hi. hi, nice to meet you. What is your name? Eric. Eric, Eric? Kulik. Are you playing? Yes. She's one of our persons in the band. Okay. I play uh, usually three quarter size guitar generally. Oh, do you? Cool. I have to walk around. Kind of, just a, just a three-quarter scale. Don't tell them that they'll recruit you. Uh, yeah, I, 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 love it. I'd, I'd love to hear how it goes. They yeah, love it. I love, love playing it. music. And, yeah, I, I live locally. My, my kid's actually a little closer here uh, than I am, but yeah. Well, don't know how big a crowd we'll have today, but okay. you can come on in and make yourself at home cool. or thanks. whatever. And here's a oh, thanks. You too. Church. I, I just did a little reading. Yeah. See that it's like, uh, like a Swedish kind of reformation, sort of. Yeah, it comes out of the Lutheran tradition. Okay. Lutheranism? Or Martin Luther. Yeah, Lutheran. what is the, you know, the state religion of Sweden, and it was kind of people that, the Bible that came out of that, and you know, covenant based. Oh, okay. Hi, Carlos. Nice to meet you. I'm Eric.
remind us of how you are the God who redeems, who calls out to us, who invites us into relationship with you. As we come this evening, maybe there's a lot on our mind, our hearts. Would you just help us to shed that, to release it to you, allow this space to be a sacred space, a holy place talk to you and hear from you. Thank you that you, again, are our God, our Savior, our glory. We bless you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Welcome this evening to Trinity Covenant Church, our night church service. And uh, we say here at Trinity that it is the love of Christ that compels us to love, to grow, Christ, the love that we have experienced, the salvation we've experienced, that um, that then draws us, calls out to us to, to want to love him more, to love others, to grow up into his likeness, and then to go and share what we've experienced, what we know to be true with others. That's what we're about. Christ is the center, the reason that we are here. I welcome you. If you are new, if you're visiting with us, you're welcome to pull out a card in the pew in front of you and fill it out and drop it in the offering basket at some point during the service. That gives us a chance to uh, welcome you, send you a little letter, let, let you know about us, and for us to find out a little information about you. Just a highlight for those who uh, call Trinity Home, a few things here in your bulletin. Uh, as was true last week, if you were here and
Mother's Day. It's also given me her cold, so uh, I feel a little, uh, a little tired today. But what is good? So uh, it feels good to be up here. It's been about six weeks since I last gave a sermon. It was Easter Sunday. It's been a nice break having uh, Pastor Jim with us, and then Confirmation Sunday was last week. Um, so we had a, an extended worship time here at Night Church. Um, but a few nights ago, uh, Alex, as he was getting ready for bed, Alex, my son, is right here. <coughs> now I'm talking about him. Um, he said to me as he was going to bed, he said, Mom, what does it mean that there's no hope for the dead if there's no heaven? Wow, that's, that's a deep question. He said, I remember you preached on that. And he was right. I preached on it at Easter on the text from 2 Corinthians. And I think what impressed me the most was that he actually remembered what I had preached on at Easter. And I wonder how many of you could say that. Huh? <laughs> I don't know if I could have. <laughs> but anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. Today, six weeks later, as Trinity's tradition is, we like to follow the church calendar year, and today is actually um, what is called Ascension Sunday, where we uh, remember Christ's uh, return. He was, he was raised from the dead, and he um, walked on earth and met with his disciples and, and others and other believers, um, but this was the day that commemorates the day he returned to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father. And so we could spend time speculating about the uh, special effects that must have been involved with that. What was it that the disciples saw? How did that happen? But we would truly be missing the point if that's all that we focused on. Because the important thing is the reality of where it is that Christ sits now. That he is seated at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly realm. And all of the New Testament affirms that truth, that Christ conquered death, that he is with the Father, that he continues to work, watching, working, blessing, interceding, sending his spirit, having authority and dominion over all that occurs here on earth and in the universe that he created. He resides with God. I think that we can really appreciate that when we imagine heaven, or at least um, imagine as we pray to heaven, pray to Jesus, that he is right there with the Father, the crucified one, the risen one, the living Christ with him. It's a wonderful image that we are left with, and it is our hope. That is where our hope resides, this reality that there is hope beyond life here. Now, in that passage that Eugenie just read, um, the, according to Luke, before Jesus left, before he left his disciples, he gave them some instruction. It says he opened their minds to understand the scripture, what was written about him. He summarized that the critical gospel message that, that needed to be preached throughout all the nations, a call for repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And then he said to his disciples, you're witnesses of these things. And he promises that they will be clothed with power, power from on high, presumably to then accomplish that task, be the witnesses. The reference to power from on high, we understand to mean the promise of the Holy Spirit. 
asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realm, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him fills everything in every way. So the connection between the two texts today, the gospel passage and this letter to the Ephesians, is that asking for the Spirit. So I want to, I want to spend some time here in this Ephesians text, this prayer that Paul prays to see what it is that um, is modeled for us in this prayer. Here Paul is writing to a church, an already established church, a gathered people who have received the good news, who have received the Spirit already. But he doesn't stop there. He doesn't stop from, you know, cease from asking for more. He wants to see more of the Spirit in their lives. And I think it's important for us to then see what is the, the connection? How is this instructive for us as a gathered people? So without going into a lot of background on this letter. I just want to highlight from the beginning verses that are not listed here what we learn. Paul, the apostle, is writing to the church at Ephesus. And he affirms the believers. He's, he acknowledges their faithfulness. It's a very positive, uplift, uplifting beginning. And he upholds the reality that they have already responded to the message of truth. They believe in the gospel. And he says in chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, When you believe, you were marked in Christ with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. So he's acknowledging their faith and that they have received the promised Holy Spirit. But then, that's not it. The letter doesn't end. It goes on. They're not done, in other words. It would be easy to think, well, there you go. We have, um, we believe, we have salvation. We've received the Holy Spirit. Now we just need to wait for that day when we just have to show our, our membership card and walk in into heaven, whatever that looks like. But no, Paul is saying there's more. There's more to this life of faith. That's only the, the preamble. And he affirms them in their faith that they believe in, in God, that they love God's people. Then he adds what we read here. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. I think this is an important reminder for us that there is always more room for growth, more to see, more of the spirit to have, to make greater and greater presence in our lives. There's more to learn, more to hope for. And that's what we mean when we talk about discipleship or spiritual formation. 
here's the question I want to ask. I'm going to ask this for each of the three points. Is this on your prayer list? Is this the first thing and the continued thing that you pray for when you pray for yourself or for others? Because I'm challenged by this. I, I might pray for my family or friends who I think don't know Jesus yet. I might share and, or pray to God that they would come to know Christ. But Paul is praying for the believers here. He's praying for people like some of us here who already have made a decision, who already know Christ, that it doesn't stop there. There is more. And we can pray for one another to have a fuller understanding, a more complete understanding of who Christ is. I find a challenge here to, to not stop short of asking for more of that revelation. Because the relationship with Christ is no different with, than relationships with one another. Your, even your closest relationship on earth, there's always something more to learn, to understand, to, um, there's a mystery there, right? You know, that, that we don't fully grasp. All the more with Christ, there's more to learn. Sometimes we want to just reduce our relationship with Christ to the stories, the gospel stories that we know. And we figure we know them inside and out, backwards and forwards. spending an hour and a half here every Sunday, right? <laughs> this is, you know, what would be the point? 
wisdom book Ecclesiastes, where right at the beginning the, the writer says, meaningless, meaningless, utter meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Having no hope would probably change our expectations or our objectives in this life, our choices for how we spend our time or our money, what we've been given. In the same way, having the hope that we have, um, all that, uh, how we see this world and all that's in it, we understand belongs to Christ, who will come again, who will redeem all things. And to have that hope ought to affect the choices we make and how we live. Having hope, I liked the way um, Carlos said this to me, having hope is like borrowing some of that future fabulous reality of what we're looking forward to and spending it today, living in it today. Presumably, we'd want to share that goodness with others. We want to share that hope with others, that they too could experience freedom from futility, the gift of being known and named and called, given a life meaning, purpose, and holiness. So this is the second outcome, thing that Paul is hoping for for these Ephesians as he prays. And again, I ask, is this on your prayer list? Are you praying this? Praying to grow or increase in our realization of the hope that Christ offers us. Again, he's, he's praying for the believers here. Those who already have tasted that hope, who have that faith. He's saying, continue to ask for more. Pray that the Spirit Verse 18, he says, I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. And he goes on in verse 19, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Paul prays that the Ephesians would know the immense power that is extended to all of us who believe. And he says after that that it is the same power that God exerted to raise Christ from the dead same power that raised Christ and then brought Christ to his side. Imagine that for a moment. That same power that raised Christ is shown to us, is available to us. So I guess, well, what is that? What is that power? What does that mean? What does it look like? We, we have scripture to go to. That is our, that informs our understanding. What does that mean, this power that is available to us? we look at God's use of power, his power was used to bring life, life from the dead. He raised Christ from the dead in order to conquer death and all that death entails, sin, brokenness, infidelity, estrangement, futility. God's power is one that brings life and health and wholeness and forgiveness and redemption and reconciliation. Right? He's about healing. His power is fueled by his love and grace. And Paul prays that we, or the Ephesians, would know the immense power that is available for us. That same power working for us and in us. Power that was exerted by God was not just for that one time to procure our salvation. 
salvation through Christ, but it is a power that continues to unfold and manifest itself in this world and particularly through his church. So it's meant to work through people. This power that, that Paul prays for, that we have access to, is a power that is given for us to live now in this world. Power that helps us um, move towards wholeness and life, move toward godly living. Again, it is a life-giving power that's seeking health, it's seeking wholeness and forgiveness and reconciliation. When we work towards those things, we are working in and out of the power of God. That is, that is the way He continues to work. So again, this power, this kind of power, this is increasing um, that understanding of that power on your prayer list. As you pray for others, you pray that they would know that great power of God. Power that leads not just to resurrection and our hope there, but to a transformed, transformed life here and now. So just to pull it together, Paul, this passage in Ephesians, Paul isn't teaching them to pray. Is prayer. This is his prayer for the church. That's why the best I can say is there's a model here. It's instructive to us by the fact that, wow, look at what is important. What is Paul is praying for for the Ephesians? And, and then I'm challenged to ask the question, is this how I pray? Do I pray for these things too? And don't get me wrong, it's it's great to have our prayer list and to pray for jobs and pray for healing and pray for relationships to and all the other things that we pray for because God hears those prayers for sure. But I'd hate for us to overlook the other things that we could be praying for. The working, the increasing work of God's Spirit in our midst, in us, and leading to these same outcomes that Paul prays for. Let me boil it down. What if we prayed like this? That we continually pray for more of the Spirit so that we would know Christ better, have increased confidence in the hope of life forever with Christ, and live daily in that great life-giving power of God. Again, more of the Spirit, for more of Christ, more hope, and more power. When we're praying in this way, I think we're praying for core gospel realities to take hold in our life more and more grasped by God and his truth, his reality, that we can live and know him more fully. What I'd like to do now is actually lead us in a time of prayer based on this. I'm going to invite you to um, get comfortable and, and um, be ready to pray silently to God. And I'm going to actually just guide us, lead us through this God for more of the Spirit. So that we would know 
invite him inside to, to eat with him. And uh, he says this, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. Oh, the last breath. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Again, that wonderful interplay of the scriptures, I believe the spirit, the presence of Christ that comes to them to help bring the understanding and open that up. And not only 
stick around for our time of fellowship out in the lobby area. We have men church nachos available, as always, and uh, just enjoy the time to eat together. You know, in honor of Mother's Day, before we sing our closing benediction, I wanted to share a Mother's Day blessing that I, that I wrote. To those who are mothers and those who have mothers, and those who became mothers in non-traditional ways, to those who desire to be mothers and are not, to those with mothers but were not, to those who seek to imbibe their mother in their parenting, and those who raise a counter move against any such pattern, to those who mourn their mother's passing, and those who long for more time to pass, to mothers who look gratefully on their work, and those who struggle to find their work. For all of these, I offer a blessing. May our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the greatest parent of all, Remind us that we are first and always his child, adored, adopted, beloved, and the apple of his eye. And may the familial resemblance that people see be that of Christ in us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, the whole thing that I've kind of been getting into is actually kind of originally, I grew up Mormon, uh-huh. and there were some some women online that I'm friends with and connected to that uh, that had received death threats for this thing that they had gotten called Wear Pants to Church Day that they had started, because, oh you know, Mormon church, it's, it's a little more, yeah. certain things, and some things are not, but I mean, yeah. it's, you know, they got what they've got, you know, and, and so I kind of just really uh, kind of perturbed me a bit, and yeah. so... Uh, I just kind of coincidentally on MLK weekend it fell, but I, I started cross-dressed to church day, and in the result, uh, resulting weeks since January, you know, I I've been just going to all different communities everywhere kind of and, and trying. Well, I mean, if, if for me, it's a lot about just trying to reach out and to understand the communities around me and to understand where where they are. And I've, I've noticed, you know, fortunately, as as I've been going to all these different churches, there are a lot of more kind of I guess kind of I guess, liberal, so to speak, sects of Christianity uh, in other religions as well. I mean, the first church I went, well, uh, synagogue I went to was a Reformed Jewish, and it was really welcoming and great. There was a Quaker gentleman who was cleaning, and I didn't get to go to a Quaker church yet, but, it, you know, I've gotten to 
Yeah, he, he said that it would be a great time. I should yeah. check it. I, there's actually one not too far from where I live. But, I mean, I've been kind of really getting into it and just trying to, like, just try to better understand the communities and, and what, what it is that they kind of, what, what they have to offer and what they, you know, what they expect from themselves and stuff. And, and I think for me, what, what I've kind of noticed just across the board is something that's common, obviously, and it makes sense given the writings of Paul, is this whole focus on belief as being this sort of means to get from, like, a, one place to another or, you know what I mean, like as a kind of, a, and, and I get the idea of belief being something like hope, you know, the, the idea of, like, yeah, I'd love to see my dad again one day. You know, I don't, I mean, I mean, I, I really appreciate that aspect of it. But for me, like, I mean, and I know a lot of communities, are, uh, so, you know, some are more, you know, strict than others when it comes to things, you know. But I mean, the Mormon church, they, they require you to pay tithing and to abstain from this or to do that in order to get into a temple to get these ordinances going. And, and you know, I mean, for me to look at all that and just... Like, even the level of, like, you know, requiring belief of someone to even involve themselves, to me, seems maybe not quite as out there as, say, having to have all these really strict, rigorous, you know, uh-huh. things. But belief itself, like, I, I can come to a church and I can gain any wisdom that's present. I can, I can, I can feel the love and want to bring the love out with me. I, I have the idea of embodying love and trying to share that with the community. But I just don't see how belief is such a integral part, and, and I don't know, I mean, I'm not looking okay. to just, but I wanna, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, right, and that's, and that's the thing for me, like, I, I'm glad to be able to go to different churches and yeah. get that kind of level yeah. of reception, and, and I want to help kind of get that message out there and help people to realize that depending on where they are, I mean, I'm kind of local here in Salem, but yeah. I like to travel, do more of that, uh-huh. and kind of help bring attention to different kind of communities that people, if they, that they're reaching out and they're trying to find the wisdom, because mm-hmm. for me, like, I, I kind of went away from Mormonism and kind of religion altogether for a little while until this whole thing started up, and yeah. And I kind of felt like, well, hey, I can, I can discern wisdom. I can understand. And I still feel that way. But I still value the lessons yeah. that, uh, that I've been taught, whether they're factual or not. That's, okay. that's of little importance to me. Uh-huh. The, the, the important thing is, is that there's, there's, there's someone out there who, you know, who we, you know we, people try to study and think about who, who, you know, who cared enough about others to try to stand up for what he saw was right and to be willing to put his life on the line. I think that's a beautiful message. Whether there's a reward waiting for us as a result of it, whether, you know, whether it has this all-cleansing effect, for me, the idea of just that kind of sacrifice is where we should really, I don't know, and I want to get out there and explain this, you know, to my community and just kind of, I don't know. So what are, what's your hope? My hope? I don't know. Like, I, well, from the whole, tr- I don't know that I'm trying to necessarily find anything. Just kind of, it's a journey thing for me now. I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep the reaching out and get people to, because I think for me, the, the problem with belief, I think, is is that it oftentimes gets people kind of stuck in a box. Mm-hmm. Uh, to question ideology of anything, I think, is important. I mean, you can have tradition and want to keep it, but I think, I mean, like the whole idea of like, you know, wise men built this house upon a rock, a foolish on the sand. I mean, the, the whole idea of that, the, the, the implications of that is, like, we need to really dig. We need to understand what our foundations are before we can really make decisions or... And to count the cost. I mean, there's passages in Scripture about that. You need to kind of... Sure. You be thoughtful about, about it all. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and that's... And for me, for, I just... I come to feel in, in, in my studying, uh, especially Bible and even Book of Mormon too, because there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff that I, I still, even though I look at the the book as, as just a, a work of fiction now, I, I can still see like there were certain things like say Joseph Smith kind of warned against secret combinations. Unfortunately, repurposed masonry snuck its way in, and then 
so I don't know what secret combination means to them now. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. Like to me, I yeah, see I'm like, really yeah, no, I know. I mean, but I mean, it's, it's like, I, I, I like the idea of like, okay, cause to me, the idea of a secret combination, like if God's, if God is out there, if there's love and truth, there's something that it shouldn't have to be hidden. There's something, you know, so I, li- I like that idea. I like yeah. I liked where Joseph Smith was going with that. So I can still, I can dig in that and find it and then try to share it with people and see if that's, I don't know, and try to just bridge communities, find like, and, and try to heal communities. Cause I see a lot of, a lot of you know apathy out there, or a lot of like care, but just kind of confusion over what what to do. You know, people right. just kind of live their daily lives, and so I like to try to encourage people to think and, and, <laughs> and out you know, outside the box, even yeah. politically, because I know that a lot of times like communities it's kind of hard. With some communities won't really get involved with politics, for, right. sometimes for better reasons than not. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean, I think there's certain levels of involvement that, that we could see out of our communities and religious communities to to benefit. I mean, like. When it comes to politics, I'm really big on like third-party politics because I see the importance of political market diversity. And so, I'm, I mean, right there is an ideological thing, like sure. Democrat-Republican. Like, I see them in a lot of the same way. I see a lot of these more authoritarian churches that, that are so much focused on, like, maintaining dogma and saying, staying on that path no matter what. Like, and it, you know, yes, great. I mean, like, it's good to, to pull together, and if you can use the collective weight of this party, that party, to do something good, fantastic. But... Yeah. There comes a point in time when we have to reassess, and we have to we have to be able to like stop and go. Yeah. This, yes, you may be a religious leader, you may be a political leader that I respect, because you, but that doesn't mean. And you, you might have it all together here, showing that you, you know, you've got this power and force and might. But is that really? Mm-hmm. Is that what we need all yeah, the time? You know, right. I don't know. Because then it creates certain blinders too, and right. narrow vision that keeps us from really being able to see the bigger picture, or or get in the shoes outside of our own and kind of. Because we got to realize, I mean, if we get there is a God out there, and if, you know, if I'm, you know, coming out to these communities and, the, and this belief is there, we should believe that we're all God's children, regardless of belief, regardless of race, gender, creed, anything. Like I think, and, and if communities come together and and are there, and whoever wants to come in and be part of it, that's I like to see that. I'm glad that those churches, out, especially here in Salem, it seems like there's a uh, maybe it's the, the Northwest kind of liberal atmosphere or something. I don't know, but I, I I'm glad to be here and are trying you from to. This? I was born in Seattle, but grew up in Long Island for the last six years in Utah, with a year in Massachusetts. So I kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's it's been good. I'm glad to, you know, I, I, it's it's just it's been a fun experience. The journey itself, getting to meet new communities and and kind of get like a taste for different kind of ways of doing. But even just like from one service to the next, like I got to go to my first Church of Christ this past month, the Jehovah's Witness and uh, Pentecostal and uh, Covenant Church. So I mean, so it's like I'm, I'm trying to like I don't know. It's, it's hard to get much out of the Christian kind of mainstream here. You don't have as many of the other religions, I've noticed. But, uh, I got, I'm, yeah, I don't know. I guess there's it's actually a lot of Mormons around, too, which is, which is interesting. I, I got to know. It seems like, uh, I don't know, uh, something, maybe the valleys, the fertile, beautiful valleys, like <laughs> the agricultural, I don't know, whatever. But I like it. I'm, I'm glad to, to kind of, like, have, like, because I have kids that are, their mom is Mormon. And, uh-huh. So I'm trying to kind of, like, I don't know, I want to be able to help expose my kids to other communities too and, and, and see what the kind of like the level of family and everything involvement and interactivity. So it's, yeah, anyway, I don't mean to keep, no, keep okay. chatting away, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad to come by. And, and it was Dawn, you said? Yes. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm thankful. Yeah, yeah it's cool. Cool, yeah, I'll make, I want to make sure to come to all the different, I know that you have di- like day services and yeah, stuff like yeah. that too, and I, I want to try to like get the yeah. full <laughs> pattern of it. Yeah, yeah cool. very different in the and you said there was some some nachos, yeah, some please, na- yeah. yeah. I'm a fan of nachos. <laughs>
Hey, we saw you hey. walking in, but I had to get I ready did. for kids. Oh, yeah, 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 so yeah that's right. Get to say hello. Right on, I'm, I'm Eric. Tom. Nice Terry. to meet you, Tom, nice to meet you. These are my Thank babies. You. Hey, yeah, I got, I got a uh, almost five-year-old and a three-year-old oh, cool. girl and boy, yeah. yeah. Welcome, man. Thanks. You too. Hey. How's it going? You know, my middle name is Michael. Huh? My middle name is Michael, yeah. That helped me remember. I'm usually bad with names, so I try to have things to link them and mix it a little better. But yeah, I'm, I'm, thanks for welcoming me here. It's, just, it's been a good time coming and checking out. Oh, yeah. this and, Where do you live? How far away? Uh, my kids live about half hour north of here, walking-wise, and then I'm another 45-minute walk north of there by the high school. Uh, so how did you get here? I walked. I've also done, I mean, I, I, this whole thing, okay, on MLK weekend, I accidentally uh, started this thing called Cross Dress to Church Day, which was in response to some Mormon women I know who had started something called Wear Pants to Church Day, and there was, like, some death threats and just some really negative energy directed toward them, you know, and, and so, I don't know, I felt like, okay, this is the 2000 teens, you know, wearing pants to church, you know, I understand you want to have preserving certain different places, have different standards or whatever, but that's, Death threats and stuff like that seems a little bit overboard. Yeah. For, especially now, we're, we're kind of looking at you know other communities, across, you know other you know in other nations, and, and seeing how they're like, oh, they're repressed. We're the more liberal kind of like having it together kind of advanced society. That's I don't know. I, that, so I decided to, to start like the whole. And I don't know. Like I thought Jesus never had a season. I know. I'm, oh no! I just I just been checking all different churches. So it started. Yes, I've actually been walking everywhere, literally. I walked from Portland to Kaiser on Palm Sunday weekend, and then uh, less than a month later, I walked from South Salem around here down to Eugene, actually, in three days. The Portland to Kaiser was a two-day trip. I'm looking to do Logan to Salt Lake, which would be about an 80-miler, and then, yeah. I've been, I don't know, I've just been kind of, like, trying to, like, co-op all these different things. And, and Jesus, for me, like, I don't, I don't know to me who he is in relation to me in the, in the, the cosmos, but I, I do know the stories of Jesus quite well, and I understand the, he inspires me, very, you know, profoundly in a lot of a lot of things, like the Sermon on the Mount and Beatitudes, is walking, being part of the community, like, and doing all these different things and going out there and, and, and trying to spread this message of love. I, I, I kind of admire that and wanted to kind of take that out and, and to the communities and try to and really get to understand the community and all the different pockets of different commu like you know, religious and, and cultural groups that we have here and, and just try to like I don't know try to get some kind of cohesive like if Jesus is trying to get us to do stuff together why not you know why not work together and find out what that is and try to find ways to be better citizens and in, in, in the well, love of Christ you know like whether or not it is God even whether it, God, whether God exists or not I mean I know that if I love someone I treat them with love and right. respect that's a, that's a good way of being because, you know, you're more Jesus, likely to have a good environment. But he, Jesus' love was all about loving God. That was his first and foremost No, I get, I get that, but I, I don't think that, I think that if, I think the second great commandment actually would subsume the first if, if God exists. Love all equally to me would be, I, I think that the problem that I, that I see with the way Jesus, especially the way Paul kind of envisioned things and, and inter interpreted things, I think, that the, the, the concept of Jehovah and concept of, the, of this merciful Jesus don't really jive very well. Like an angry kind of like vengeful God and then a really kind of like a just and balancing God to me. Yeah. They're two different beings. And I think that Jesus himself even was trying to kind of like take the traditions of his fathers and kind of connect them in a way that was meaningful for his community to kind of embrace this continuing message. 
because I don't know, it doesn't, it doesn't click to me otherwise, whether I'm right or wrong, to me it doesn't matter. I still, regardless, I still love and value the message of love and, and, and this whole kind of golden rule kind of thing. To me, I think it's Jesus was teaching Buddhism on the Sermon, Sermon on the Mountain and, and being with you. I mean, he was an Eastern philosophy. He was very, in that sense, of it's, it's the idea of oneness, of being this body, of being like, you know, all children of God and being this, this kind of like, kind of having the stewardship role that he was trying to paint for us of like, looking out for each other and going after the one. And, you know, I mean, to me, that's, that's profound, regardless of whether or not God is or isn't. Like, if God is, great. If God isn't, that's, I don't know, I don't know how that will manifest or how, what that means for us, but all I do know that I, I, I'm, I'm happy to be alive, and if I can share love and, and, and peace with others, and, and I can spread and grow, and, and my children can grow up in a happy and loving and, and, and functioning community that, that, that takes care of itself and everyone else. I mean, I, I a lot of communities out there are very good at taking care of themselves, and, and but it's it's hard to take care of people beyond that, especially if they're not looking for that help. But it's, it's I think there's it's good to try to find ways to try to get get it out there in, in any way, just to try to like, you know, and in whatever way it can be to show the service, even if it isn't with a word of this is this or that is that, because if if those things are that, then those things are things that be realized by people by just coming and participating and finding it for themselves. If that's something that speaks to them in their heart. Then they'll then they'll grow in that and they'll be part of a community that way. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just I, I'm I'm really excited to be coming around to all different churches and and just trying to like see where I can you know and also it's it's kind of also partially a way to kind of share with others out out in the you know internet and the world or out there like community to show how that there's certain communities if they you know if they're they are looking out to reach out and have a community where they feel welcome and kind of has some traditions or things that they feel that they can partake in so they can know where to go. You know, I mean, there's some churches I've been to that have been really Unwelcome. I mean, some some great ones, and so I mean, I'm I'm kind of getting to really understand a lot more about different sects and branches, and, and, and I'm happy to you know to kind of. Yeah, I've been to my first Jehovah's Witness, and that was. I'm mean, having come from Mormon, I, I I can kind of understand, expect it, but that, and that's the thing for me is, is like, well, yes, most Christian churches I've come to to, to encounter or a lot more liberal in the sense that, you know, they're not looking, I mean, yes, it's nice if you can tithe and help out, you know, but they're not looking for, like, pay tithing and obey this or don't, you know, obey that, don't do this or whatever, just to get into this holy building to, to, to then go on to these advanced rituals like the Mormon church somehow ended up doing. And, and, but the thing is, is even looking at Mormonism, it doesn't, like, early Mormonism, with Joseph's early writings, don't reflect that kind of path. Because, like, he, he warned against secret combinations and stuff, you know? And then to go on to repurpose masonry, I just think that, like, he wanted to have his cake and eat it, too. I think he wanted to, to connect the whole Jehovah and the, the Jesus thing. And I, and I power to him for, for, for trying to make, but, I, I, you know, part of it, too, I look at him and I, I, I admire some of what he's done. I also look at it some. I mean, he 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 burned a printing press. He he was above the law in a lot of his communities because he was able to put judges on courts, packing you know through election. I mean, so I I can it's not, it's not he didn't deserve to die that way. But at the same time, so it's like I I like to step back and look at the, the, my heroes and, and for, for the humanists because even because Jesus you know cursing the fig tree, you know disobeying his parents. Uh, you know, overturning money changers' temple. Like, and he could have done all those things a lot more, like, deity-like, in the sense of, like, and, and, this, and maybe not, like, Jehovah-like, because I guess overturning temples is kind of the angry, just God thing coming in. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I look at those things and go, I'm okay with that, though. Like, I, I still admire Jesus, even though he did things that I think could have been done better. Like, if he is a, a person who sacrificed himself and there is some kind of atonement and he's imperfect, I'm okay with that still. I know a lot of people who, who couldn't be okay with an imperfect Messiah, who couldn't be okay with that. 
And that, that to me is a little odd. Like you're expecting to kind of ride on someone else's goodwill and mercy and, and, and purity. I guess that I mean, but to have them not being per- to be, have them being perfect, I guess I could see why they'd be a little worried about it. But I don't know. I guess that's the whole thing about worrying. Right, but I mean, I mean, even even then, like you know, in these sermon moments when Jesus is talking to people, he's talking about like not seeking after that which moth and rust doth corrupt. He's talking about you know not going after your own salvation in the sense of like not seeking your own reward. Because the spirit of that is like, if you're worried about where you're going, I mean, that's your motivating drive. If you're more on the, and, you know, if you're on the end of like wanting to just make sure that you're serving. No, I mean, you want to do what? That's not necessarily true. Why not? I, that's not what I my motivation because I could. Well, I'm saying that if you believe that, I'm not saying that if you believe that that is. No, no, no. no. I, I mean. Right, no, I agree. And Jesus, yeah, Jesus wasn't going in, but I think this is the problem a lot of, a lot of communities because of, because of the whole idea of hoping for something better. I, I mean, it, it's, it's a natural oh, yeah, drive yeah, yeah, and desire, yeah, yeah. and I understand why, we, why people want to go toward that, but I just, I, a lot That's of communities, it is, and, and this is what's, what's great, finding some communities that can see that, they can have their, 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 you know, they can read a text and kind of still to whatever level want to get out of, the, whether a belief level or just kind of inspiration level, they can go and they can all kind of be part of a community I, I like that, I want, and I want to, and I want to help bring other people to that. And, I, and I, I'm glad to find some folks around that are not too far from my own children, where they live, to to partake in a chat. Uh, I don't, I don't mean to keep going and rambling. I, I, it's it's good to to get out and meet you guys. But. It's fun to have you here. Thank you, Michael. And Michael Merrick. Yes. Uh, and what was your name? Mark. Mark. Pleasure to meet you. Good to meet you. Take care, guys. Enjoy your walk. Thanks. Oh, I will. Yeah. I, yeah, I've actually lost almost 120 pounds since my heaviest, actually. I was 336 in the 220s, yeah. It's, it's, it feels great, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, thank you. I did. What's your name? Jeremy. Jeremy. Eric? I'm Eric. Yeah. Okay. I just I sat behind you and I was doing sound. I was hoping I'd get a chance to talk to you before before you took off. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Today. No, thank you. I'll make sure to swing by again. I know you have uh, daytime services. Uh, yeah. Um, kind of the nine o'clock morning service and then the evening service again. Okay. Yeah. I, I this is my first time coming to something yeah. like this, so it's been kind of cool just coming out and meeting some new folks and yeah. I'll make sure. And, and what was it again? Jeremy. Jeremy. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. See you, Jeremy. Good night, guys. Nice to meet you, too.
preceding was a recording of one of my experiences while cross-dressing to religious meeting houses. If you like what you heard, feel free to give whatever you can at http colon forward slash forward slash e amazon michael k-u-l-i-c-k dot wordpress dot com forward slash about. Thanks for listening. Maybe I'll see you at church.